Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus free talk live It is Free Talk Live. As always, you're invited to join us, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to weigh in. Again, the number 603-283-6160. With you this Saturday evening, it's Aria. And Beakless Mountaineer. And there's a lot to talk about tonight, a lot of Bitcoin-related stuff, and obviously a lot of COVID stuff. I mean, if we run out of interesting, useful stuff to talk about, like Bitcoin and stuff like that, there's always COVID stuff to talk about. However, I want to start oh, with an... Ar- and government false flags. We could always talk about that. That's true. You want to talk about the January 6th thing that they're calling an insurrection or a riot or whatever. The, the worst thing ever. Uh, we were... Uh, worst event in American history. We weren't outright called insurrectionists for the New Hampshire Independence Hearing that we had Thursday, but I think it was the WMUR article did use the word insurrectionist to describe us Uh, another article i think from nhpr that's new hampshire public radio described us as separatists so these people are bending over backward to use the word insurrectionist i mean we're talking about a piece a bunch of people attending a hearing of for a bill you'll keep using the word i don't think it means why you think it means this is not an insurrection an insurrection is a very particular thing that none of us want to do Certainly not, but they they don't understand that. But I just found this other article that's just so silly, it's worth talking about. A teen's solo transatlantic flight is calling attention to wasteful ghost flights. Now, the article there is a bit unclear, but what they're referring to here is that a 19-year-old flew from London to Florida and was the only person on the entire airplane for the nine-hour flight, other than the pilots and the flight crew. And I'm sure still had to wear a mask. I don't know. I'm betting you anything. <laughs> Probably. I but mean, I can keep social distance, unlike all your other flights. The cabin crew said I was the only person on board the flight, Forsyth wrote in a TikTok video about his trip on January the 9th. Indeed, he pans his phone from left to right, and a sea of empty seats fills the frame. Makes me wonder if there are other flights where no one is going. And, I mean, how would you ever know? Meanwhile, the crew appeared to dote on the sole traveler. It's too bad he wasn't 21, man, because, I mean, 
you already get pretty good treatment on flights if you fly like first class or premium or business class or whatever. But if you're the only person on an international flight and you're over 21, dude, they're going to be constantly serving you drinks just because (laughs) you keep drinking them. So they brought him an unlimited supply of airplane snacks and at least one flight attendant binged on popcorn and movies with him. (laughs) That's great. It was eight hours, so I set up a bed. Literally the comfiest I've ever been on a plane, he added. Yeah, dude, you had the entire airplane to yourself. I imagine it was quite comfortable. Yeah, it turns out when you're not uh, stuck into the design of a sardine can... So it's it's more fun. I'm hoping he didn't pay for a first class ticket and he was in like economy or something. And they were like, let's upgrade this one passenger because it's not like those first class seats were being used. Right. So and, and they do that a lot of the time is just, well, no one's up here. So we'll just upgrade whoever's back there. From what I can tell, they do it anytime they have empty seats in first grade. They upgrade they upgrade uh, someone from premium and then they use people from the main cabin to fill the premium Presumably, so they can sell in an extra, you know, main seat. I don't, I don't know why they do it, well, but they do it. Well, no, I mean that makes sense because I mean you, you don't want it to seem like oh, uh, first class is an unpopular option. There's only a couple of us still choosing this, and then people start thinking, is this really worth paying the whatever it costs to? It, it's to basically upgrade? twice as much. It basically doubles the price of your ticket to fly first class. Right. So I mean, but it, I can it, also tell you, it is worth it. You you get to get right off the plane, like as soon as you land, and as soon as they get that thing connected, you get to. Get Get off that can of sardines. (laughs) And that's almost invaluable. But if you get the right seat, you can make eye contact with the flight attendants while they're just doing their stuff. Or you can just get their attention and they will just bring you, come and ask you what you want, right? Or if if they already have asked you what you drink, they'll just bring you another drink. So there are reasons to it. Getting to board the plane first seems like the opposite of what first class should get, right? They should be able to board last, like waste their time on this can of sardines the least yeah it just strikes me as weird to pay like hundreds of dollars to be in a more comfortable seat for a couple hours if you're very tall that also shifts the weight in one direction or another but if you're like five six or something it's probably not going to make as much difference but while this experience may have been a delight for foresight so-called ghost flights Flights that carriers have to make if they want to hold on to their allocated routes and airport gates have become a flashpoint for environmentalists across Europe. They're calling for regulatory changes to keep polluting planes from making flights that would normally be canceled, while Omicron has sent demand plummeting. Airline companies are also putting pressure on the European Union to adjust the rules until at least autumn. According to European Commission guidelines, under the 80-20 rule, Carriers must operate 80% of their allotted slots for at least 80% of the time. So if they have if they have gates or whatever, they have to be using 80% of them 80% of the time. And this is why I was wondering if they just sometimes send a flight with no one on it. I think they would have to, you know, if if they had to get that time in order to keep their slot. This was tweaked at the outset of the pandemic and more recently adjusted to 50%. But those figures still exceed the number of flights needed to meet current passenger demand. Additionally, the pre-pandemic rate is set to be reinstated by March 2022. Conservationists are trying to keep that from happening and have launched an online petition saying, Ghost flights are of no benefit to anyone. Well, obviously. 
Indeed. Well, it benefited this one guy. Wow, but... you, you, you mean expending real resources to comply with bureaucratic requirements is not efficient? This is huh. a... <laughs> I've, I've never... Wow! Makes you just rethink the whole thing, doesn't it? This is a needless, wasteful practice, and reforming historic rights to landing slots will bring it to an end. I don't know what historic rights to landing slots are, but whatever. At a time of climate emergency, we need to drastically reduce our fossil fuel use. And in the context of our steadily dwindling carbon budget, it beggars belief that planes fly empty. So uh, unless they're being hyperbolic here, which granted they may be, but apparently some of these planes do at least fly with no passengers. I really wonder if these people are concerned with the amount of private jet usage for the purpose of uh, climate change speech. They don't seem to be at all concerned about it. I, I think of people like Leonardo DiCaprio who fly in to speak at you know climate change hearings or whatever. I think he did this at least once, and that's why his name comes to mind. Yeah, apparently Harrison Ford recently did that too. Just like flies in on his personal jet to speak about climate change, flies out on his personal jet. It's like, what? But you don't believe this. <laughs> Clearly not. You're making it up as you go along. It continues at a time. Oh, I said that. Earlier this month, Lufthansa revealed it had operated 18,000 flights this winter that would otherwise have been canceled due to a lack of passengers including 3,000 on Brussels Airlines, which it owns. That prompted Belgium's federal mobility minister to raise the issue. In a letter, the Belgian official described the current rules as economic, ecologic, and socially nonsense. So officials in the European Union have realized how ridiculous it is, but uh, the United Kingdom isn't even in the European Union, and that's where British Airlines or British Airways or whatever is focused out of. But 18,000 flights this winter from one airline owner that would otherwise have been canceled. I don't know at what percentage they cancel flights, like if they didn't sell 50% of the seats. I don't know, but it's a silly process. And as you pointed out, this is a result of government regulation. Well, and it's definitely worth what, uh, pointing out what the obvious solution to this is. Deregulate uh, the flying. So if more people can create and operate airlines, I mean, yeah, you're going to have to talk to these other people, make sure that you have uh, a different flight plan, but that's not that difficult. Now, if you deregulate this, make it open it up so that a bunch of people can make their airlines, then they don't have to jump through weird hoops to hold on to their landing spot, even though they don't need it today. It seems like it would be common sense, right? Hey, we have a plane that needs to land here at this time. Do you have a gate available? We'll pay you X amount of dollars for this gate instead of having these permanent leases or whatever on them. I mean, I guess it works if you're an established airline and you know you're going to be making this many number of flights, but... Which is what happens when you regulate a business out of competition. Yeah. But if there was competition, when we get back, we're going to talk about cryptocurrency. Coming up, how Russia is proposing a ban on mining and It's Free Talk Live, where your calls and thoughts are welcome. 603-283-6160, if you would like to weigh in. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Beakless Mountaineer. And we've been telling you about how Intercoin can help any business or organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. 
Well, they are finally available on Exchange, two of them, in fact. You can find links to those on their website. That's intercoin.org. That's intercoin.org. Or you can just go to xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com, or Uniswap if you want to buy some ITR. At xmarkets, you can sign up just with an email address, which allows you to actually keep your privacy intact. You can then deposit cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Sell them for Tether and use Tether to buy ITR, which again is the Intercoin Investor Token. Learn more about the Intercoin vision at intercoin.org. You might just be advancing the cause of liberty around the world. I-N-T-E-R-Coin.org. There is lots to talk about regarding cryptocurrency tonight. I've got a story from someone who's saying that all cryptocurrency is a Ponzi scheme that is absolutely worth getting into. Also, the mayor of New York City is evidently taking his first three paychecks in Bitcoin and Ethereum. So we're going to talk about that. But first, you have a story about how Russia's central bank is proposing essentially a ban on cryptocurrency. Yeah, this one's from uh, from Forbes. It's Russian central bank proposes banning crypto mining and trading. Russia's central bank proposed banning the mining, creation, and use of cryptocurrencies in a report released Thursday. The so you can't even so by trading they don't mean buying or selling. They mean you can't even use cryptocurrency. Right. Wow. Which, That's going to be difficult for the, for a central bank to do to pull off to and, outlaw crypto. Yeah, and I mean fr- from what I understand, this is uh, uh, what they're proposing here is a bigger ban even than than China has run. Because China has said uh, none of our banks are allowed to to use this, these products, and uh, you're not allowed to mine it. But they haven't forbidden the the, the trading of it among end users. Yes, Whereas exchanges this- cannot sell it to them. But a, an individual, as I understand, I'm not an expert in Chinese law, but as I understand it, one Chinese national can trade Bitcoin to another Chinese national. Uh, as I understand it, that's still legal. Yeah. Whereas uh, Russia, it, it it hasn't been written that I'm aware of. I mean, I'm sure someone has some bill somewhere, and it hasn't been passed. But it's been it's been recommended by their central bank, and central banks tend to have quite a lot of sway in the in the countries where they operate, uh, and frequently everywhere else for that matter. When there's a, a large company invo- or a large country involved. They certainly do. Uh, I remember India. I don't remember the status of India's cryptocurrency ban, but they did that years ago. I don't mm-hmm. know how well it held up, but there's been a number of attempts from countries to just outright ban cryptocurrency. At least the United States, despite all its flaws, hasn't been that stupid. Mm-hmm. It just raids and arrests people, and this says, "Oh, well, obviously Bitcoin's illegal," without actually writing a law that says any such thing. Yeah, and. Two things that I think uh, were very important to to the effectiveness of this on on the market. Number one, it, it coincided with the the Federal Reserve releasing their report about digital currencies, which uh, definitely has a section bad mouthing cryptocurrencies. Oh, of course it does. So they released these both on the same day, late in the day, uh, and I think a big part of it is just people still have it in their mind that like, oh, Russia, they're a superpower. And really, they were never, they were never really a superpower. I mean, most of their well, the power su- as the USSR was all for show. And I mean, at this point, they they have like the economy of one American state, uh, rather than like of America itself. But people still have this ingrained idea of, oh, Russia says so. Well, that's huge. 
I I don't know the actual military capabilities of Russia or how exactly they define a superpower, but I've never taken issue with the concept of the USSR being considered a superpower, at least in that it rivaled the United States. I would argue that China is probably also... Because the way people understand the world right now, if I if I remember correctly, and it's been a long time since I was in high school and the word superpower actually meant anything. Mm-hmm. Well, or uh, first world country is kind of the the same sort of idea. I don't I don't know because the United Kingdom is definitely a first world country, but no one is calling them a superpower. Mm. But the United States is at least back when I was in high school or whenever whenever I cared about what the word superpower meant. The United States was the only superpower. Well, the idea basically was that uh, uh, World War II had left us with two major superpowers throughout the country. So you had like the the two first world countries, which were the superpowers of the USSR and the United States. And then you had the second world, which was uh, what we now consider first world countries. Uh, you know, just you know, European countries, modern and powerful, but not like globe dominating uh uh contenders okay and and then you had the third well, world had which is basically where we were doing all of our fighting right and the the first world countries that had been super they were superpowers pri- i guess prior to world war Two, where the uh, the british empire you know the sun never set on the british empire mm-hmm. the british empire may not have been Nearly as powerful as the United States in military terms once the United States got going, but the British Empire did have a large number of colonies that it could draw from, and it did mm-hmm. draw from them. And, and that's basically what had happened through World War One and World War Two. is you had Germany and and Britain. I mean, of course, they weren't, obviously, they weren't the only ones involved in this, but a big part of this was those two major world powers just grinding each other down to an absolute standstill, and that that was World War One, and then suddenly America enters the the show, and they've got uh, uh, fresh troops and a, a an unbombed uh, uh, industrial capability, so they just show up and wipe the floor with the Germans, and the Germans are like, okay, well, we lose for one generation, and we'll be back. Sure. So evidently, a superpower is a very powerful and influential nation. Used specifically with reference to the U.S. and the former Soviet Union when these were perceived as the two most powerful nations. A very powerful and influential nation. A, or a state that possesses military or economic might, or both, and general influence vastly superior to that of other states. Yeah, and I, I, I can accept the influence part of it because the United States definitely has significantly more influence around the world than, say, Germany or probably russia although this is a sore point to both russia and china as i understand it where they want to be taken more seriously and have more influence Mm -hmm. which i'm fine with at the new hampshire bill hearing we had a new hampshire state rep peddling this anti-chinese nonsense what are you going to do about the rise of china and the rise of communism and all of this other nonsense we're going to leave them alone yeah we're going to combat it with our superior ideas, our, our individualism and free market principles. That yeah, is if, how. If they want to go more communist, let them. Let them destroy their economy. Go ahead. Exactly. Never that. stop your enemy. Like, I don't think of them as enemies, but they do. Never stop your enemy when they're making a mistake. Let them go more communist and ruin themselves. And evidently now, Russia's central bank, central bank is proposing this wacky idea of banning all cryptocurrency mining and all cryptocurrency trading 
within Russia. I don't know that they can pull that off. I don't think even the Chinese government has been able to pull off something of that scale, and they're far more tyrannical. But what do you think? Is Russia is this coming to the United States next? 603-283-6160. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com It's Free Talk Live. You can join us, 603-283-6160. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. And Bitcoin is on sale yet again. And it's more on sale than it has been in quite a long time. And if you don't have any idea what that means, then get on over to Bitcoin.com because it's long past time to learn about this important world-changing information. And it's... As far as I can tell, it's probably, this is not financial advice, it's probably not a bad time to pick up Bitcoin because it is down to like $33,000, $34,000. I don't know the exact price because I, I get the information secondhand from people just telling me about it hours after it hits a certain number. And I got to tell you, I thought the lowest point was going to be that $40,000 mark that it hit, but evidently it just sailed right past that and kept going down to the bottom. But that. Uh, right now it is uh, uh, thirty-five-three. Okay, uh, thirty-five thousand three hundred and and change. Could be worse, and all that really means is that it's a it's a better time now to buy Bitcoin than it was yesterday mm-hmm. to buy Bitcoin. So go to Bitcoin.com, click getting started at the top of the page. Just take a few minutes out of your day to learn about this important world-changing information. And if you already know about Bitcoin, stay up to date on all of the news and headlines that are relevant to you at news.bitcoin. Speaking of Bitcoin, the Russian central bank has gotten into the heads that somehow they're going to make it illegal to use cryptocurrency or they're proposing a total ban on cryptocurrency. I'm curious. Of course, they won't explain what mechanism they think they can implement that would cause this to happen. But they're, they're the central bank. You know, they're used to being able to exercise full control over the economy and with bitcoin they can't actually do that i don't think they understand that yeah uh, they they might be uh, tr- uh telling the government to bite off more than they can chew with this one yeah forbes is saying that it's uh the mining- or as they said in killer raccoons too biting off more than they can chew chew terrible movie do not watch it go ahead right over my head it- anyway <laughs> uh uh, so Forbes is saying that it, they're proposing banning the mining, creation, and use of cryptocurrencies. And what I wonder is, like, so you mean you're not allowed to create a new cryptocurrency if you're Russian is what you're suggesting? That is what it sounds like. Huh. So uh, cryptocurrency okay. advocates need to get out of Russia, it sounds like, if they haven't already. Yeah, there there is that. Uh, I would be leaving Russia for uh, over this. But I think I probably again. would have left. Well, I would have left Russia long ago, but I'm trans, yeah, and they're not very friendly to trans people. So there is that. <laughs> there is that. 
the central bank said the proliferation of cryptocurrencies pose a danger to Russia's financial system and the stability of the Russian ruble. The bank said it expects the ban to reduce those threats. Well, they are correct. Bitcoin does pose a ban to their central bank and to all central banks because that is the point of Bitcoin. Yeah, it, it's it, it's decentral banking. Yes. yes. Turns out decentral banking poses a threat to central banking. Satoshi Nakamoto saw what central banks were doing to people and developed a crypto, developed an idea, a new currency that would allow us to bypass those institutions altogether. The ones that are bankrupting us, stealing, buying our land right out from under us, whether we like it or not, systematically making us poorer and poorer, like 97% of people's value over the last century. Yeah, they're stealing from us. And Satoshi Nakamoto said, man. I have an idea about how we can change this and put the power back in the hands of the people and keep governments and central banks from being able to screw people over like this. Mm-hmm. And the early newsletters from Satoshi Nakamoto made it pretty clear that the the evils of the banking system, the central banks and the f- fractional reserves and how it's just all, this, this giant cartel, banking cartel that rules the world is the problem and that Bitcoin was implemented as a solution to that problem. Oh, yeah. He released the he, she, they, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto released this uh, shortly after the 2008 banking crash for a reason. Yes, that's that was, not a coincidence. Yes, yeah, that was a big part of why so much time and energy was devoted to figuring out how to create a form of currency that wasn't subject to the um, manipulations of, of central banking and of, uh, of crony capitalism as we know it today. Hillary Clinton also knows that Bitcoin is coming after the central bank system. I mean, she was saying recently somewhere, I don't remember exactly where she said it, but, you know, our time is we're running out of time or something to that effect. So they are running out of time and it's good that they're finally realizing it. But I've got bad news for them. The state, the bureaucracy is so slow that by the time the state realized that it was running out of time, it was already out of time. Yeah, that genie is out of the bottle. The question is not uh, is not whether or not centralized fiat currencies will be replaced by cryptocurrencies. The question is when and how, uh, what the transition will look like, which currencies will be important when that occurs. These are all still up in the air. How how soon this happens, whether it's something that we get to do, you know, this year or even this generation, that is all still up in the air. I think this generation is probably almost certain. I think 10 to 15 years, most likely, based on the inflationary rates of the USD and the the apparently there may or may not be some wars coming up with like China and Russia. I don't know, because I don't they are they are saber rattling at the moment. They are. And I don't follow war news very closely because I realize that a lot of it is just saber rattling. But it could actually lead to some stuff. Right. If Russia invades Ukraine and China invades Taiwan, the United States is going going to have a bit of a mess on its hand where it has to respond yeah of all the insane things that these uh, uh would-be world controllers do nothing is more insane than risking the possibility of nuclear war so i mean you've you've got nato which uh, i think china uh, based on just statements i've seen in the past i think china would be willing to use a nuclear weapon and, and we know the united states is willing they they're the only country in the world that's done it mm-hmm uh, twice 
Yeah, I mean, so you've got uh, yeah, America really, really likes to be like, you can't do any major changes without our express permission anywhere in the world. No one's allowed to change a border unless we sign off on it. So you've got uh, China who's saying, yeah, we still think Taiwan is part of us and they owe a lot of back taxes, basically. And Taiwan who's like, no, we are the real China. You are the fake China. <laughs> is Taiwan really... Saying that? Yes, they have said that since the beginning. They're like, no, we are the only real China. You are the fake China, you crazy communists. I have not followed that history. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird... No, they, they consider themselves to be the real China in exile. Like, they are the Chinese government in exile. And they're just... It's just that the real Chinese government only rules this one island right now. And the fake communist Chinese government has been running, you know, a giant chunk of the continent for decades. Curious. Well, banning cryptocurrency isn't going to do anything to help China or Russia. Yeah. And and so, I mean, there's a couple of places where it is insane, but they're doing it anyway, where they're like letting these nuclear power saber rattle. uh, And it's Taiwan and Ukraine are the ones that seem to be making the news recently. So, I mean... NATO made an agreement with the USSR and with Russia at various points. We will not move any further east. We will not expand into Ukraine. And then they've been trying to get Ukraine to join them, like openly and and bragging about, yeah, no, we think we can get them within the next decade. And so, of course, you're going to upset Russia that way. So now Russia's like, okay, well, we're going to send troops into the part of Ukraine that still speaks Russian. And is is more loyal to us, and that's where you got the whole Crimea situation. And it's just who yeah. who cares? I, Seems to me it's up to Ukraine if they want to be part of NATO or part of of Russia or neither. And we certainly shouldn't be risking nuclear world, annihilation over this. I mean, in a perfect world, it would be, but they're they're sort of the the rope that the United States government and the Russian governments are using to play their petty political game of tug of war. So mm-hmm. they, they do sort of have to pick a side. It's not their fault that they're the rope. But, you know, you do have innocent bystanders there who are now like, we have to pick a side. It's like, but I don't like either of these people. I just want to be left alone. Well, yeah. that isn't an option. Yeah. And Sorry. if we switch the currencies, they won't have the, motiv- the motivation for all these shenanigans. Right. Because they won't be able to pay for them. Exactly. Because they'd have to actually earn Bitcoin in order to pay Lockheed Martin for bombs. And Lockheed Martin, they don't have them. The, the U.S. government can't earn the Bitcoin. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. is free talk live where you're invited to join us 603-283-6160 if you'd like to weigh in again that number 603-283-6160 with you in the studio tonight it's aria and beakless mountaineer and yet again we have been suspended from youtube i think this one's until early february i don't really remember and honestly we stopped caring about youtube along long time ago if it's if it's there as an option we stream to it but we don't give a flying crap about youtube at this point because they're constantly doing this to us it's inevitable facebook is going to do it to us twitter is going to do it to us twitch has done it to us in the past stop using these platforms check out our odyssey channel there we don't have to worry about being censored for what we say 
video.freetalklive.com will take you directly to our Odyssey channel. And again, it, there, there's more than like a million content. There's more than a million channels over there at Odyssey now of people who are just sick and tired of having to watch what they say on YouTube or having to worry about losing monetization. Odyssey is built on the library network, which means you don't have to worry about some advertiser wanting to share revenue with you or whatever. If You, you can actually charge people to watch your videos if you want. Hey, it's .0001 library credit if you want to watch this video about, I don't know, squirrel mating seasons or whatever. People watch weird stuff on YouTube or how much dung beetles eat in a year. I don't know. Video.freetalklive.com. We don't talk about that sort of nonsense, but but we do talk about stuff that gets us banned from YouTube quite often. So video.freetalklive.com. Check us out there if you want to actually have a stream where you can watch us day to day and not worry about whether or not we're going to be there. Yeah, if you're still relying on the biggest tech platforms to get your information, stop. It's time to stop now. I mean, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or Google, find an alternative because they are doing the same thing that they've been doing and just cracking down further and further. And I mean, these are companies, especially if you're a libertarian, you should be off of these anyway, because these are companies that were started by the military industrial complex that were funded by the military industrial complex and continue to have contracts to spy on the behalf of the military industrial complex. So stop. And, I mean, they're, they're going to lie to you. They're going to manipulate information. Oh, of and, course. And that's provable. And you have options. Like, we have good options these days. So there's just no reason to it. And I, I've been poking around on uh, on the, the Odyssey stuff, and it really does remind me of what YouTube used to be, where it's it, just yeah. it, it's open communication, peer-to-peer, about whatever. One of the biggest selling points I've ever seen for Odyssey was this this former Chinese national. He is a, a Chinese refugee who made videos of Uyghur Muslims testifying what the conditions were like in China in their in these prison camps that Uyghur Muslims are being sent to. And in order to prove the veracity of the claims that these people were making, he would show their IDs. As, you know, this is proof this person is actually a Chinese citizen within the Xinjiang province. And because of that, because they, he showed their IDs, they kicked the entire channel off of YouTube. Astonishing. For this amazing public service of letting Uyghur Muslims who are being openly oppressed in China speak out and tell their stories. So that person did what anyone would do, went to Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And now they don't have to worry about that nonsense. And one thing I love about Odyssey, I mean, uh, I, I haven't done much with YouTube. I have a, a couple of videos, but I... I put them on library myself before going to to youtube now if you have a channel out there and you and you're like well it would it would be a pain to switch it's not it's a couple of buttons yeah. you, you just click the option where you transfer your youtube uh videos and they just do it for you they they take care of the entire process it is really cool but let's go to the phones we have jcom 3030 calling jcom you're on free talk live Hey, how you doing, guys? I just went and went to uh, spit this uh, verse, this uh, hip hop verse that I wrote. This uh, Liberty Focus. You wrote a uh, hip hop verse. Yeah, yeah. All right, here goes. Is is Let the world ready for this? Hmm? <laughs> is the world ready? Yeah. 
Let me set this up for you. What I spit ain't typical ideas that make your mind bend like the metaphysical. Imagine everything you hear is most hypocritical, and then you'll see the truth unfold directly in front of you. Don't listen to the lies. They're only meant to disguise the hidden agenda that's right before your eyes, man. Open up your mind to the real enemy. The USG got you stuck in slavery. No escape. Got you trapped like a political prisoner. I hate to cut you, you off, but I have a quick question. Spectacular, huh? what? I hate to cut you off, but I have a quick question. Were you at the Porcupine Freedom Festival this last year? Yeah, I, yeah, I videotaped your presentation. Okay, yeah. you you did you did a thing during the rant, right? Um, on the karaoke, I did another song. Yeah. Okay, I I just remember someone rapping, rap, someone rapping during the rant, and I, I assumed it was you because theirs was also liberty focused, and the the mannerisms <laughs> yeah. were very similar. Yeah, you you do yeah. remind me of uh, we had sort of an opener before our uh, soapbox idol. Is that what it was? It was an opener. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm. Yeah, uh, that wasn't. I didn't do it during soapbox. No. Yeah. I'm I'm sad you cut him off. Yeah, I was so, like, hey, all right, you know, uh, Eric July is getting some competition right. here. Can you resume where you left yeah, off? Yeah, sure. So it says, uh, the only way out is the Master Liberty Spectacular. Huh. Wait, stop watching TV. The media got you hooked on lies and deceit. The truth only comes from independent sources. Filter the news and climb out of the darkness. Every sad feeling you feel is by design. To keep your mind trapped while you're in quarantine and cloth masks don't prevent protect you from vile particles that's straight from a tweet from the u.s surgeon general they only hide your face to prevent new relationships divide and conquer is the only objective a currency collapse is definitely imminent protect your wealth make sure you're out of debt buy land buy gold buy silver and gear make sure you're organized and don't live in fear let me explain the very valuable law resistance to tyranny is obedience to god the song is to deliver Sound advice. Never compromise. Open your eyes. <laughs> uh, very cool. I, I got I, 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 I liked it. Other than the part where you pronounce quarantine as quarantine in order to make it rhyme yeah, with something well, else, but I mean, it, yeah, <laughs> I thought that was pretty clever. I hey, mean, um, sure. So if you if you guys want to hear the the real version, my friends and I, we did uh, three guys uh, rapped on this beat. Um, and it's on my uh, SoundCloud, which is at jcom3030 on SoundCloud. If anybody wants to check it out, I got all my stuff up there. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. as as long as real version includes uh, FCC compliance, because we are on the radio, so. Well, the the, uh, the real version doesn't have to. I mean, he's just sharing a link that. I oh, presu- yeah, absolutely. Presumably, SoundCloud.com. Oh, I thought slash... he was about to to go through it. Okay, oh, no, uh, that's SoundCloud.com/slash jcom. That's just the letter J and I think a hyphen and then com3030 for anyone who wants to check it out. So anyway, we're talking about Bitcoin here and the Russian Central Bank and their plans to somehow outlaw cryptocurrency mining. And I'll give it to them. It's pretty obvious when someone's running a Bitcoin miner. They, they can probably track down that energy uses, usage pretty easily. It is impossible for them to track peer-to-peer cryptocurrency payments. Yeah, I mean, if you are not, if you are not either physically or electronically currently monitoring what someone is doing then it's impossible to know whether they're transacting cryptocurrency i think china's probably got the best chance of being able to actually implement a total cryptocurrency ban and i'm not 100 percent sure that they could do it i mean they i don't know to what extent the average chinese person's phone is actually hackable by the chinese government or you know just 
readily viewable by the Chinese government. I imagine the Chinese government has plenty of back doors where they can just look and see what apps a person has installed. But I would assume so. I know that the U.S. government does. Even so, that wouldn't stop a Chinese national who was dedicated to cryptocurrency from quickly installing the Edge wallet, you know, signing in, sending a payment, and then completely uninstalling the app. So even in China, there would be ways around this. But China's goal is to, instead of just outright banning cryptocurrencies, they're creating their own digital currency, the the digital yuan or whatever it is. I don't remember now what the Chinese currency is actually called, but... That combined with their social credit system should terrify everyone. Mm-hmm. That they can say, oh, no, you were insufficiently loyal to the government last October in this, this post you made, not to Twitter or Facebook, because obviously those are banned in China, but to WeChat or whatever social media platform is actually allowed in China. So now we're going to suspend your ability to make transactions for a week to give you time to reflect and rethink about your position on the Chinese government. Mm-hmm. Well, and these these countries are seeing how it is effective and and people are trading and valuing these digital products. So they're like, no, 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 we can we can go digital. Come back. Come back. Yeah, but the- let us control your lives. Let us decide who does and does not get to bank. The problem they're going to have is that they have no sales pitch because the U.S. dollar is already 97% digital. So they developed this new digital dollar. Okay, well, your old one was like mostly digital too. So what's the difference here? Except now you can keep me just outright from being able to spend any money. That's that's not a sales pitch. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings, the simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved, to stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down, and to put you in control of your own happiness so you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. It is Free Talk Live. We're here by the ticket tool of the airwaves and talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160 if you would like to do that. Again, that telephone number is 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Bigless Mountaineer. And we're talking about the Russia Central Bank proposing that it might be a good idea to ban all cryptocurrency mining, creation, and trading within Russia. We're also going to be talking about the the New York City mayor who is taking his first three paychecks in Bitcoin and Ethereum. I imagine he's using these, I, I wish I could remember the name of them, like wage to pay or something like that that allows you to divide, divert 
like 2% if, of your check if you want, or 100% if you want, into essentially a cryptocurrency exchange that will automatically convert your paycheck into cryptocurrency and send it to your personal private Bitcoin or whatever cryptocurrency wallet. I wish I could remember the name of that service. but Me too. We only talked about it once here on the show, and... Not being able to use such services, I wasn't able to, you know, explore it and, you know, register it to memory. It was something that only came up once. If you're out there and you remember what that what that website is, give us a call and let us know. 603-283-6160. Anyway, we got all of that, yeah, that coming up. That means this isn't just for celebrities anymore. Because I, I keep hearing about one celebrity after another who's like, oh, they're taking this in, in Bitcoin. They're taking yep. this in Ethereum. They're taking this in cryptocurrency. And now it's politicians, too. And I am glad to hear that that's available for just regular everyday folks who don't know how to run this stuff. Yep. It's an awesome development. But let's get to the phones. We have Sarah, who is on the line from New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Sarah? Oh, yes. Uh, I just want to say that, you know... I am in favor of Russians taking back Ukraine or invading uh, because you're in part of Russia. You're yes. in favor of one nation invading with a military force in order to kill and subjugate another nation. But wait a minute. It, no, there's no wait a minute. Ukraine you said you're of, okay with Russia invading Ukraine. This means that Russia is going to send in the military into Ukraine, and people are going to die. Well, but look, look at the I was looking at the writing. It's it's Russian writing. It it was part of Russia, wasn't it? Or was it? I'm confused. Was it part of Russia, or was it a, a separate country that uh, Russia controlled, like Poland or Czechoslovakia? I'm, I don't even know. I don't even know how it was. You don't even All I know, know that, that and Russia, yet. And yet, you're totally fine with one military invading another. And to answer your question, the the alphabet in question, I don't know if it, how it's pronounced. I'm, I'm assuming Cyrillic. It's an alphabet. It's based on the Greek alphabet, in fact. And it represents Slavic okay. sounds. not found, and, But with about a dozen additional letters invented to represent Slavic sounds not typically found in Greek. So it, it's not like exclusively a Russian language it's a slavic written language that is developed that is um evolved from greek yeah now russian is spoken in parts of ukraine right so in other words uh in other words uh, the russians their so-called iron their influence reached all the way to poland latvia estonia all the way down all the way up to eastern europe um, eastern germany that's why they made a big deal about the wall. So yes, they're just but, taking back what belonged to them like they had before. So, you know, it's no, no, me, no, no, it's no, like no, 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 Sarah, okay. there's so much wrong with everything you just said. Whether or not how it was 35 years ago or however long ago, ago it was, I think 35 years, give or take, is about 37 years or 30. Oh, I don't know exactly when the uh, wall in Berlin fell, but however it was then is not how it is now. Ukraine is a separate, distinct nation. The USSR no longer exists. The Russian Federation, I, I don't know whether or not that exists or not, but Ukraine isn't a part of it. That's, that's what Russia is, is uh, yeah. the Russian Federation. And Ukraine is not a part of it. This is not Russia taking back what is theirs. This is Russia invading and conquering another country, killing a lot of innocent people in the process. How can well, you possibly says- be okay with this? 
Well, because here's the thing is that I, I, I believe that Russians, they are still communists, but they have communist values. So therefore, it's a good thing to counterbalance, balance out the capitalist. When she says stuff be- like that, I'm convinced Sarah, that she is playing like 5D chess and is just one of the best trolls we've so ever known. There was this thing that happened called the fall of the Soviet Union. And if you like really just take some time. Study the history between, say, the the late 80s and now in Russia and what changes have occurred. Like, they are a capitalist country. By most metrics, they're actually a more capitalist country than the United States of America. So, the, okay, after the fall of the Soviet, what, what good came out of it as far as the working class? Uh, what good came the, out of the fall of the Soviet Union for the working class? They stopped yeah, starving to the, death. Literally okay. that. During okay, the, during the Soviet Union, there was state-imposed starvation. Uh, now, there's, there's an argument as to whether it was intentional state-imposed starvation or whether it was merely uh, extremely lethal incompetence. But while I would assume it, but wait, that wait, one. Wait, 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 I actually wait, wait. don't. No, I, I think I think that it was specifically intentional because they had uh, a lot of resistance in the region. So they're like, well, let's just kill off a bunch of them through starvation. But, but I um, remember. Look, okay, remember um, Reagan was president when uh, the Berlin Wall fell, and I got excited because I really, I really thought it was something good that happened. And one of it the was. speeches and part. Of, okay, okay, look at. In part of the speech, it says, our Social Security is bankrupt. It's going to end. That was part of the celebration. Okay? And I was 18 when I was hearing that. I'm like, why is that great? Why is that celebration? But they are going to do away with Social Security because they've been telling us that it's, it's been depleted. And so okay. that's, a, that's a communist so this policy is the, that they're going to do away You're doing a with. complete segue whiplash here. But, okay, so Social Security is a Ponzi scheme. Like, by definition, like, if you look up what a Ponzi scheme is, what a pyramid scheme is, how it works, and you just read what the the intended function of uh, Social Security, like, they are built in the exact same way. Except that with Social Security, you have people with guns forcing you to take the Ponzi scheme. Whereas in a Ponzi scheme, you have to convince the next set of people that you will be able to convince people after them so that they can profit. Sarah, thank you so much for the call tonight. You know, I want to take Sarah at face value, but when she says stuff like, I want Russia to invade Ukraine because then that will increase the number of communists because I think the Russians are secretly still communist. So that Russia having control of Ukraine will increase the amount of communism in the world to combat the the capitalism in the world. I no, I, I believe she's completely sincere. I no, can't this imagine is, that's this anything is exactly, but trolling. This is exactly what I was talking about when we brought this up in the first place, is that in the minds of most people, the, the conflict between, the, uh, between NATO and the USSR, and especially between the United States and the, and the USSR, was so traumatic and so, so big 
in in historical world events that it has just left this indelible mark on people's minds about what Russia is and what America is so that no matter how communist America acts, they they call it a, a capitalist country. And no matter how capitalist Russia acts, they still think of it as the USSR, as a, a communist superpower. See, and that's what shocks me about Sarah, because she recognizes that Social Security is communism. It's a communist policy. Yep. And it's a Ponzi scheme because that's ultimately what communism is as well. It's just a giant Ponzi scheme. Oh, we'll give you some bread if you give me your bread and then you go out there and convince some other people to give you their bread, then and, you'll have some bread. And just a quick caveat, I'm using uh, communist in, in the in the authoritarian sense, not the utopian sense of the word. Because right. there is a, a utopian sense of the word that is just you know uh, rainbows and unicorns. Yeah, and I don't object to that utopian sense. I, th- I think it's probably as unreal and ideas one can come up with. But in theory, sure, it's totally possible to have a peaceful, functional communist anarchy where nothing ever goes wrong. I just don't think it's very likely. What are your thoughts? 603-283-6160. There's more coming up about Bitcoin and this New York City mayor who's being paid in it. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, where your calls and thoughts are welcome. You are welcome to weigh in with your thoughts and opinions. Talk about whatever is important to you, or talk about Bitcoin, or whatever it is that we happen to be discussing. It's up to you, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to weigh in. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Peak Lewis Mountaineer. And we are currently raising funds with Give Directly, which is the first nonprofit that allows you to give money directly to people living in extreme poverty. They locate recipients in need and use mobile money to send them cash with no strings attached. And research shows that giving cash directly to people living in poverty can help drive a range of important positive changes in their lives, like employment, nutrition, health, and education. When you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Why would this aid organization in Europe have any idea what these families in Bamet and Khalifi counties in Kenya actually need to improve their lives give directly cuts out the middleman it says hey you're in need here's some cash you know what you need go and buy it and we're matching your donations to give directly if you use our campaign you can find it at give.freetalklive.com we're matching your donations up to thirty thousand dollars so if you're feeling generous this holiday season this still i guess it's i don't know if it's still the holiday season or not this is old ad copy Head to give.freetalklive.com. Again, that's give.freetalklive.com because there isn't a better way to help people who live in actual, literal poverty. But let's go to the phones. It counts as holiday season as long as people leave up their lights. That's true. Well, some people leave them up forever. (laughs) But it's a holiday every day. (laughs) Let's go to the phones. We have Jimmy calling from Liverpool in the UK. Jimmy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. I just want to say you have an opportunity as New Hampshireans to rejoin the greatest kingdom, <laughs> the okay. United Kingdom. Oh, so like if we secede from the U.S., be the subjects of the freest kingdom in the world. No jabs, no masks, no bollocks. Yeah, I saw this coming from a kilometer away. This colony is King Boris Johnson, first of his name by right. All this talk about liberty, yeah. 
Why don't you join the freeze kingdom on the face of the earth? Let's not go about. Let's get it done. You know, someone mentioned something similar at the New Hampshire Independence Bill hearing that we had recently, uh, Thursday, in fact, at the State House oh, yeah? here in New Hampshire. Someone said, you know, if you're saying that secession is invalid, I, I have to agree with you. Secession is completely invalid, and it doesn't matter what the U.S. Constitution says about that or anything else, because the colonies were in the wrong when they first seceded from the United Kingdom, from the British Empire. So if secession is irrelevant, then we're still British subjects, and we're still part of the British Empire. So secession is either relevant, and we're not part of the British Empire, or secession is relevant, and we can leave the United States just like we left the British Empire, only in theory, this is going to be significantly more peaceable. But but why do you characterize the UK as the freest territory on the planet? Oh, they they got no jabs. The masks, uh, they're done. D- did no they jabs, no masks? Yeah, they're they're so free. They got no jabs and masks. Did they get uh, that rid is, of that? That is not what I've been hearing. Well, you're in Liverpool. They got like uh, got all no no mandates and. And uh, Boris Johnson went on the telly and he said that uh, we're done with this. We're done. Okay. I, I think he's correct. I've seen news huh. headlines in the last few days of various politicians saying, look, we're, we're not going to be able to mandate our way out of this. This is going By to... Jove, they've come to their senses. Well, I don't know. Israel said this nine months ago and they didn't... One of the health ministers in Australia said this nine months ago, but yet that didn't slow any of their policies. Yeah, I, I, I got to say... As far as kingdoms go, uh, to to speak in, in Britain's favor, you were allowed the vote to leave the EU, and the EU is largely comparable to the United States. So you do have that on, on New Hampshire. They won't even give us the opportunity to vote on whether or not we want to leave. But as far as kingdoms go, like you are way behind Liechtenstein. In, in Liechtenstein, they, they still have a very powerful monarch who happens to be uh, an anarchist. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's specifically said every single uh, county is allowed to leave Liechtenstein if they want at any time. And he tried to get them to vote themselves the ability to leave as individuals. And the people of Liechtenstein said, no, that is too much freedom. We do not want to give individuals the ability to individually leave Liechtenstein. You have to do it as a town or not at all. But hey, the, the monarch is trying to give them more freedom. So The only problem I see with it is that the next monarch could come in and have an entirely different view of things. That is the downside. But other than that, that does sound pretty ideal, pretty promising. That would be interesting to see New Hampshire declare independence from the United States and rejoin the United Kingdom. That would be <laughs> hilarious and sad at the same time. It would be Much sad. Much like the movie Idiocracy. Uh, Jimmy, thank you so much for the call tonight. It's always fascinating to hear from people on the other side of the pond because we, we don't... I mean, here in America, all of the news on the internet is just totally fixated on the United States and what's happening in the United States. Probably 90% of articles on Drudge Report. And obviously, if you go to a BBC website or something like that, you're going to get website, you're going to get news about the United Kingdom. But if you just go to news.google.com or whatever, most of the, and it, this may be territory specific. I don't know. So, but most of the news that the world seems to be focused on is that's what's coming out of the United States. So we don't hear a lot about what's happening out of there. Well, and I find your accent suspicious. But the, the actual person who came to the New Hampshire hearing, the, the bill hearing for New Hampshire independence, has said, well, you know, 
I, I oppose this bill because I don't think you have the right to secede from the United States government because you're not part of the United States government. Because that was one of the arguments the the this guy went on for like 20... So Brody Deshay, I think was his name, was. He mm. went on for like 27 minutes. He was told to research the subject. And you know he got to speak for 27 minutes. The rest of us only got three minutes, but... Doesn't seem quite fair to me, but one of the things he hmm. said was that from the Supreme Court... You mean Co- the state is giving themselves a larger platform than they give us? By almost a factor of 10. No. But we had the advantage because there were a whole lot more of us than there were of them. So even though he got 27 minutes and all of us only got three, the the hearing ended up going for like an additional three hours after, or two and a half hours, I guess, after this guy spoke because there were just so many people in the public wanting to speak up about this legislation. But the guy even said, from the Supreme Court point of view, the states never seceded because all of these states still had their official United States government that were still functioning. They were just temporarily overthrown via a rebellion. So it wasn't an invasion of the the Confederate states, according to the Supreme Court. It was a reestablishment. It was them going in and helping the established government suppress a rebellion. Well, and it's important to remember that what's actually at stake here at stake here is a more fundamental question of is government top down or bottom up? Is the fundamental source of power and of rights the government that then bequeaths you the privilege of having rights? Or is it the people that then can say, okay, we come together as a county and these counties come together as a state and these states can come together as a nation if they decide to do so? Yeah, but that's not the question they're interested in answering. I mean, th- the way these people view the world doesn't make any sense. Like the state it turns rep- out Britain had laws against our revolution. Who knew? The board on this committee actually sat there and said to me, "Well, who who governs me? There's no one governing me." Wow, dude, there are, the, the federal government is governing you. They're they're completely. We're trying clueless. to make that true. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. It is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160, if you would like to weigh in with your thoughts and opinions. That's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Beakless Mountaineer. I want to say thank you to Dominique Bashford, who is tonight's amplifier. This means that Dominique is a member of the AMP program. The AMPS program. 
and is giving $10 per month. Of course, we don't ask that. All it takes to join the AMPS program is $5 per month. That gets you in. It does have a number of cool little perks, like there's an AMP-only podcast that doesn't have the ads that we insert and stuff like that. There is an AMP-only chat on the Matrix server and even an AMP-only Facebook group, although why anyone is still actively using Facebook is beyond me. Like, Facebook is probably my most used social media platform, and I've gotten to the point where, like, maybe once every three or four days I will open it up and post something and then just immediately close out of it again. Anyway... Dominic Bashford likes our show, and if you like our show, you want to show your support, joining the AMPS program is the best way to do it. You can find it at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. It stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. So again, if you like this show, if you value the ideas of liberty, reaching people around the United States on terrestrial radio, on the internet, all of that great stuff, the AMPS program is the best place to do it. So thank you, Dominique, so much for your support. Let's go to the phones. We have Robert on the line listening on WTMA in South Carolina. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Are you still with us, Robert? Going once. Looks like we lost you, but let's go to Mike listening out in Massachusetts. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, I just wanted to comment about the guy who claimed uh, the UK's uh, opening back up and no longer has any mandates. I don't know specifically about the UK, but I know uh, I've and sent a couple of articles, a couple about Australia and some other European nations claiming that they're opening up. If, and if you read the title, like I've got one in front of me right now from NBC News that says Australia has decided to let COVID rip. Is that a good idea? So the, if you read just the headlines, you'd think that they're just opening back up and, you know, epic. Uh, but the problem is if you actually read the articles, these are hit pieces complaining that uh, in this case, uh, Omicron is hitting Australia, and they're claiming that Australia is not doing a good job because they aren't locking down even more than they already are. I'm Um, not surprised to hear that at all. Turns out concentration camps were just too liberal of a step. Well, it's, it's an issue people have with not reading news articles, with just reading headlines and then sharing them. I, I saw this a lot when the new Matrix movie came out. Of course, if people, again, trotted out that narrative that, oh, the, the Matrix trilogies are really an allegory for being trans or allegory. I don't, don't know which one it's it is. It's allegory. Okay. For being trans. And but and they they post all of these headlines that say that, you know, the Wachowski, one of the Wachowski sisters actually said this. But if you actually look at the article and read it, the sisters have made it very very clear that it's nothing of the sort and that they don't have any idea how being trans affected the movie that they wrote and produced and directed but that doesn't stop people from sharing when when i make these points they will immediately argue with me and share one of these clickbait incorrect headlines and say no you're wrong here's the article that proves it without ever even bothering to read said article and it doesn't matter you can show them quotes directly from that article, they don't care. The headline says this. It must be true. Yeah. But this yeah, headline right. agrees with my narrative. How dare you question my narrative? You're supposed to be on my side. So, Mike, thank you so much for the call tonight. I'm not surprised to hear, at all to hear that's the case with the COVID-19 lockdowns in the United Kingdom. Uh, the, the United States hasn't gone into lockdown like it did in 2020 god it has been a long time hasn't it it has 
it, and, there are some states like California and, you know, New York City. Well, New York City isn't a state, but some places like California and New York City that are going into extreme lockdowns. And, of course, vaccine mandates and vaccine green passes, whatever they're calling them, those have been rolled out in some places like, I don't know exactly where, but they do exist in places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it definitely lends credibility to the uh, the theory that this is all going to get transferred into a, a global warming uh, lockdown in the future. Because why else are you calling it a green pass? It was curious that they would call it a green pass, other than you know, green means go on streetlights. That that was the only other thing I could really come up with. And I mean, it, it is kind of obvious. Yeah, I mean, that's that. I imagine that's the the cover that they're using for it. But I mean, if you're if you're heavy into like climate change is an existential threat, then it, of course you noticed. Oh, so we are willing under some circumstances to reduce our carbon footprint to practically nothing. And yeah, we we are apparently willing to do that. It is causing enormous shortages and untold death and destruction throughout the world. Oh, dude, and it, the death and destruction throughout the world hasn't has barely even started at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's going to get a whole lot worse before it ever gets better. I hope people <sighs> stocked up on food. I hope you use your stimulus checks to stock up on food or gold or cryptocurrency or water or or something that's going to be useful. If you just bought a television. Oh, man, you're going to have a rough time ahead. I'm sorry, but you are. Yeah, and and that's one of those fun things where if people had followed your advice and taken that stimulus check, even now with the like, oh, but the price has suddenly crashed, there's still just a, a huge uh, profit margin there. There is actually a calculator. Um, let's see. Uh, no, it's a Twitter account. That's even better because I'm allowed to use Twitter that will calculate exactly... As of January 18th, if you had used your stimulus check in 2020, whenever it was, to buy Bitcoin, that $12,000 would now be 1200. worth... $1,200. yes. That, that $1,200 would now be worth $7,634 in Bitcoin, up about 530%. Of course, that's a few days ago, and I, I believe the value of Bitcoin has gone down a bit, so it'd probably be like $7,100 or something like that at this point, but still... That $1,200, if you had bought Bitcoin, would now buy you $7,000 worth of goods and services on the open market. Whereas that $12,000, it buys you less today than it bought you two years ago. Because all of the prices on things have gone up. You're like, oh, yes, but wage has increased as well. Okay. The average wage increase, if I remember the numbers correctly, was something like 5% in the year 2021. Whereas the increase in prices as a result of the inflation and the wage increases and all of and the supply issues and all of that was 9%. So even though you got paid a 5% more, everything cost you 9% more. And you don't have to have an, a, a degree in advanced mathematics to look at two numbers and tell me which one is bigger, 5% or 9%. If 5% is bigger, you made money. Mm-hmm. If 9% is bigger, you lost money. And I got to tell you, Nine is bigger than five. And, and this is always going to happen. So, I mean, for one thing, you have the, the fact that changing prices on products and services can happen immediately. Like if if a grocery store decides to, they can change the prices of all their products over lunch. Whereas changing the prices of labor, that almost never happens. Like, oh, you can go in and talk to them every six months or a year to talk about a 
1% or 5% or whopping 7% increase in your in your pay and it's it just doesn't keep pace with the printing of money so they print a bunch of money there's now more money uh, chasing the same amount of goods and services they're going to change the prices of goods and services without changing the price of labor and it just happens over and over again and gets doubly compounded when every company is like, well, I definitely won't charge more or I, I won't pay you more than minimum wage. Why would they make it minimum wage at this number if we couldn't do minimum wage at that number? Yeah, it's completely I mean, you raise a really good point about how inflation, the effects of an increase in the money supply, they basically set in immediately. You won't notice it at first, but it sets in immediately and it only escalates from there, whereas what, what do you get a, a raise? Once every six months? Once every quarter? If you're lucky, mm-hmm. more likely you get a yearly review and your company gives you a 2% raise or something like that. 2% was standard when I worked as a slot technician. And, you know, that's a that's a standard, uh, that's a very specialized field. And even there, the raise is only 2% a year. That, that's not going to match that 9% increase in prices that you've been fighting the entire previous year. Mm-hmm. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can join us, 603-283-6160, if you would like to weigh in with your thoughts and opinions. At 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Bigless Mountaineer. And we've been talking about Bitcoin and reasons to use Bitcoin. One of the biggest, of course, being that if you... It's not even one of the biggest, but one of the most impactful things that we can say is in 2020, as far as I understand... Every single American taxpayer received a $1,200 stimulus check. I I was among them. Anyone who used that stimulus check when they received it, I got mine on like May the 2nd or something like that, to purchase Bitcoin has seen an increase in the value of their Bitcoin or in the value of that $1,200, however you wish to speculate it, because it's still that same amount of Bitcoin. That Bitcoin is just worth more money. So if you had spent that whole $1,200 on Bitcoin, today it would be worth around $7,000 with an increase of about 500%. Hope you're enjoying that brand new 65-inch plasma screen or whatever it is you used your stimulus checks on out there. Hopefully people use it on Bitcoin or gold. Gold hasn't seen the increase that Bitcoin has. So it's, it's almost like... And this is why I don't think Bitcoin is actually reacting to the USD's inflation because gold isn't reacting to the inflation of the USD. Gold is still just hovering around there at the same price that it's always been at. So I think what we're seeing with Bitcoin is solely a result of uh, supply and demand. Well, the only major movement I've seen with uh, gold and Bitcoin did the same thing because they are both uh, hedges against inflation is that when the big uh, build back better bill got defeated uh there was a sudden plunge because they're like oh you mean you're not going to suddenly print trillions of dollars i guess i don't need to hedge against inflation that much oh well that's a silly bet because they're not going to suddenly print trillions of dollars but they're still going to slowly print trillions of dollars but let's go to the phone we have dave ridley of ridleyreport.com on the line with us from here in new hampshire dave you're on free talk live hey guys good to hear you in there 
I was kind of fascinated by the guy calling from England because all my relatives came from England. My grandmother was a Walton. Her relatives were De Waltons, who were ministers to the kings of England till about the time the Mayflower came and the Walton, one of the Waltons came and landed and settled in Worcester, Mass. Oh, so my you probably beat me here then because my family came here in 1620. So I assume you got I, here before. I don't know what the date was. I really don't. I have the genealogy written down, but it's, you know, it's all gray matter to me. Uh, yeah. I, I, would, I was never interested. I did want to say, though, my father was a, uh, a Lidstone, came from Lidstone, England. There's a little town there. At one time, they had the largest water wheel, or one of the biggest water wheels on the river there. Uh, in England, uh, I think it ran like five grist mills. I don't know how it happened, but two of the Lidstone brothers uh, were brought by uh, to the penal colony on Prince Edward Island. They escaped, came down into northern Maine, and all the Lidstones in New England are related to those two brothers. So that goes back to sailing ships when uh, the penal colony was on Prince Edward Island. Now, I almost think with that genealogy, I have the right to be the king of New Hampshire. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's something I was going to bring up to our uh, our caller that suggested we rejoin the kingdom of Great Britain. I think that the ideal system is for is in fact monarchy. However, I should be a king. You should be a king. Arya should be a queen. We should each be our own individual monarch. Amen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah I, I agree. Hey, I, I don't want to take up your time. If you want to, uh, I, I love to talk. I get all evening. If you want to talk about anything, you ask me, I'll answer your question. How's that? Well, Dave, you, were, I didn't see you at the bill hearing Thursday. Were you unable to make it? No, I'm 81, and I'm a mile and a half back in the woods, and there's no road back here. I'm off oh, this, this is River Dave, not Dave Ridley. That's why I didn't recognize his voice. There you go. Yeah. You, you, oh, okay. Dave. Sorry. Yeah. I I thought you said Ridley Dave, and I was like, that's a weird way for him to characterize his name. Now, okay, <laughs> I, I'm following you now. We are on the same page. I know who you are. My apologies. <laughs> well, it's no, definitely no, good no to have problem. you. It's good to have you calling in. You're uh, you're one of those rare, wonderful success stories of uh, of people who uh, the government ha- decides to target, and then you still get to go back to the uh, the life of. Uh, deciding to keep yourself separate from them again. Well, last week they headed to the Concord Monitor. They were going to arrest me again. Uh, well, I talked with the police, and we had a little bit of an understanding, and I'm I'm still out and free, <laughs> kicking, sitting by the wood stove right now. So the Concord Monitor was wrong at time. I, I don't know how often they can be wrong and still be a newspaper. <laughs> I have been asking myself that very question about the entire corporate media structure for years. Riverdale, how, how wrong can you be and still still exist? Riverdale, thank you so much for the call tonight, man. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I, I just wanted to say I put those sludge videos on both the editor's desk several times of the union leader and the Concord Monitor, which is just down the road from me. I walked right in and put it on the desk. They said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll take care of it. John Harrigan, the outdoor sports writer, I've sent them to him. You know, they just will not talk about that sludge, but they'll put an old man in jail because he tries to.
Oh, brother. Yeah, it's tragic. Huh? Keep yeah, fighting uh, the for, good fight, man. Yeah, uh, for we, our we listeners, uh, uh, he's yeah, been speaking I'm, out I'm, against I'm a lot of... Say, I'm going to say he has this fight is, uh, uh, you know... There's no need to burn people's houses down. We're not in North Korea. This is supposed to be the United States. You don't destroy people's property just because you disagree with them. So, uh, you know, they put Mike Gill out of his house, took his house, his Bentley, took, closed down five businesses because he put that sludge video <laughs> on. So, uh, you know, I'm going to stay here. You know, they can drag me out barefooted in the middle of the winter if they want, but... Uh, uh, I, I'm going to stand my ground. Absolutely. I'm th- thrilled to hear it, man. Well, we're standing with you all the way. I mean, as so much as we can, but I mean, you're the one out there on the front lines fighting them and you, you have our support. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the call tonight, River Dave. Yeah. Thank you and for your service. Really sorry. I misunderstood what you said at the first. I, you, you said it was because of your accent, which made me think that Dave Ridley was doing an accent. <laughs> and I got so confused until I, you said you were 81 <laughs> and I was like, Dave Ridley is nowhere near 81 years old. What is he talking about? And then, then it all clicked, and I feel very silly. But thank you again so much for the call. And Yeah, and for, for any uh, non-regular listeners, what he's talking about with the sludge is uh, there's a lot of pollution that's just being poured directly into the waterways, and he's trying to push back against that. Yeah, and this all started, as I understand it, because... He was arrested for living on property that he had been living on for like 30 something years mm-hmm. and that he had a, an agreement with the people with about it. And they were, it's, it's it's a whole mess. You have to have been following the saga from the beginning because I can't possibly recount the entire thing. But basically, just some people got upset and were like, no, we're going to undo some stuff that we that we did back in the past. And we don't really care that it's going to you know destroy the only home you've had for the last 30 years. And then, if I recall correctly, while River Dave was in jail... His house, the one that survived the last 30 years without any problems, mysteriously burned down, wink, wink, finger quotes. So it does appear from an outsider point of view, and this isn't, there's no evidence of this, this is an accusation, but it would appear to the layman that someone had him arrested and burnt his house down while he was gone so that he had nothing to go back to and had no choice but to leave. But River Day, being a creative, um, person was like, okay, well, my shed survived, so he's now expanding that. He took that back in, and he's turned that into his home, and I don't know what he's done with it since, but because, like I said, I haven't followed the cl- story that closely. I couldn't possibly recap all of it anyway, but it's it's been truly tragic to see the way that the, the governments are jerking this innocent person around. Yeah, and I mean, it's 10 degrees out there right now, so like... It- if it's even that high... So for someone to be willing to, I'm going to move into my shed in order to maintain the freedom that I have and stay off the grid and just keep to myself is is really extraordinary. It, it is. And, and it's an inspiration to us all because it's not easy. When you stand up for freedom, uh, the governments of the world and the United States government is no exception to this. They tend to get upset about that. Uh, they don't like it when people tell them no because they they recognize that, you know, if If someone else sees you telling them no, they're going to be inspired to tell them no as well. So they they want to make an example of you. Squash this rebellion before we have everyone saying no. But no, it's really simple. And the parking situation here in Keene is a perfect example of why it's so important to just say no. And we'll, we'll talk about that when we get back, because I think it's interesting. It's related to Bitcoin and defunding the state and all of these awesome things. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. 
Free Talk Live, where your calls and thoughts are welcome. 603-283-6160 if you would like to weigh in. Again, the number 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Peakless Mountaineer. And our friend Rich Paul, also known as Nobody, currently has a motion in that would allow him contact with myself and Ian and would allow him to be on the radio show with us. Of course, right now, he's not able to make any public statements on radio or television or anything like that. So Bonnie has been... Or go- be in contact with his friends in any way. Yeah, there, there's a long list of friends that he cannot have contact with. It's all, it's seriously sad, man. It It is so sad. That friendship has been deemed illegal by the state. So Bonnie has been going through old video, videos of his finding quotes. And one of, one of the ones I liked, it's actually been done already here on the show, but I liked it enough to, that I wanted to bring it up. Your government today is doing the things that you think only other people's governments do. It's engaged in murder. It's engaged in extortion. And that, to me, I, I love that quote because that's, that's what we deal with with a lot of our callers thinking, oh, that, that's like Sarah in particular with her. Well, the communist governments don't do that. The and, Taliban, they're terrorists. Yeah. That's, but America, they're the good guys. It, it's sad that people view the world that way, but because it, it's their team that's the ones doing it, suddenly it's no longer this horrific, evil thing. No, it's it's still this horrific, evil thing. A government's a government's a government. I mean, the fact is they operate the same way. They claim a monopoly on the initiation of force, and that leads to the same troubles. It does. But let's go to the phones. We have Robert calling. uh, I think it was from South Carolina. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, I just wanted to say that there is a communist country that has operated for, if you want to look at it from, well, actually, since the year about around the year 400, and that would be the the Roman Catholic Church, which is actually an independent country. It's called the Vatican, and um, it's, it's located in Rome, and uh, it, it, it under, operates under authoritarian communism, and uh, many of its members take a vow of poverty, which clearly is kind of communistic, I, I would say. That, so there is, a, there is a, such a country, and um, did, you, did, you, did you think of that? Well, so you're describing someone as taking a vow of poverty, who rides around on a golden throne? Well, many of the people in many of the orders of the Catholic Church, that is to say, this country, the Vatican, they do take a vow of poverty, and uh, basically they don't they don't own anything. Basically, not even close on their back, technically. I think I think Piclis's question was, did the Pope not take a vow of poverty? I don't know if the Pope takes a vow of poverty, but. Basically, I'm pretty sure that in order to become a pope, you have to have been a priest, and in order yeah, to become a sure priest, you have to, you have yeah, to take poverty, a, chastity, and and something. I'm not an well, expert I, on Catholicism, though. Well, I don't know if a, if, a, if a priest has to take a vow of poverty. I just know that certain orders do take a vow of poverty, and 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 that's considered to be something that not everybody has to take. As far as I remember, I I, I haven't been around that kind of society for a long time, but I I don't remember priests usually taking a vow of poverty. It's well, an interest- it's, it's definitely worth bringing up that uh, he's right. This is an authoritarian communist country that has functioned for hundreds of years. And the way that they have functioned for hundreds of years is by bringing in money from other countries throughout the world continuously. Also well, true. I mean, they, they have the, this particular communist country happens to have 
a belief system that spread by the sword until it was one of the most dominant religions in the world that just also happened to have this aspect to it where, you know, God may be all powerful and stuff, but that dude is broke and he needs your money today. Mm -hmm. 10% of your money, in fact. Yeah, you have you have like something like a sixth of the world that's Catholic, and of that, uh, I mean, I could be off on that figure, but not by much. I don't think it's that high. Yeah, uh, well, I, it it is a significant fraction of the world that's Catholic. Without of, doubt, uh, of that uh, of that percentage, they're they're asked to give ten percent of their. How income. much did you say? One in six. A sixth. Yeah. Seventeen percent. So yeah, about right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, that's that's almost that, that almost comprises the whole of Christianity throughout the globe. Uh, uh, roughly half of Christians are Catholic. Okay, I didn't realize that that particular disease was that pervasive among the the human species. Yeah. My, ouch. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, the the figures that my head's telling me uh, I might be off on this is like roughly half the world is, or sorry, one third of the world is Christian and half of those are Catholic. So yeah, you have one sixth of the planet that is all supposed to be uh, giving 10% of their income to this uh, authoritarian communist country. And that is what allows it to continuously operate for the last 400 years. There's no rule that says that Catholics should give 10%. And also many countries get money from other countries. Japan, Germany are perfect examples of countries that get a huge percentage of their, uh, earn a huge percentage of their GNP or, as, as, um, as international income. Well, Robert, you say there's no rule that says they have to give, but Leviticus 27.30 says a tithe, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the tree, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So, nevertheless. Yeah. Yeah, they did write a rule down that said you have to give us some of your stuff. I mean, they don't enforce that rule throughout the world by by violence. That's true. Any well, I don't know if they ever collected tithes via violence. That's fair. But you are certainly you are certainly encouraged, and uh, in some contexts, like you are ex- you are certainly encouraged and expected to render ten percent of your income to this country. And I'm not sure how closely I can accept the parallel of the Vatican being a nation because that would oh, mean... No, it totally is. That would mean that a Catholic American has two separate nations. Uh, no, no. The only... Uh, you have to be clergy uh, in order to uh, have... Uh, to have uh, citizenship in Vatican City. No, this was this. It, it is a wild history for for those that uh, enjoy weird bits of history. Uh, it, it's right up there with like City of London being a completely different country than the rest of England. Also true. Um, but no, there there was this whole thing, especially I think uh, I, I think it ended up uh, coming to a head with uh, with Mussolini. But there was this big, big uh, uh, back and forth between Italy and Vatican City, where Vatican City says we're a country, and Italy says no, you're not. And eventually, they they finally came to an agreement of okay, fine, these are the rules, and you can be your own independent country. I just certainly did not know that. Robert, thank you so much for the call tonight. And it never would have occurred to me to think about the Vatican in the concept in the context of a communist society without Robert's call tonight. But it makes perfect sense, right? Because that is how communism often works, where sure, the, technically everyone owns nothing, but there's still that one dude in the golden robes shining around in the driving around in the golden car, you know, being treated like a king 
almost literally, if not literally. Which he literally is. Yeah, and... No, the Pope is literally the king of Vatican City in addition to his other position. I'm not surprised to hear that. And wearing his royal slippers and whatever else, probably even sitting in a throne... It's definitely screwed up. Well, and just like with the USSR, like the USSR would have collapsed immediately if it hadn't received so much aid from capitalist countries, specifically the United States. It was continuously being poured in, not only from our local commies around here, but from the government itself. A continuous stream of financial support to the USSR is what propped it up for so many years. Yeah, unfortunately, the U.S. government does that sort of thing where it funds its enemies. If you look at the war in Afghanistan, I have no choice but to conclude that the entire thing was like it was a 20-year exercise of them trying to solve the problem of how do we give a bunch of weapons to the Taliban without angering the American people. They're like, okay, well, we'll fight them for 20 years and then leave a bunch of stuff behind that they can have. And that way they'll have the weapons and the American people won't be like, why did you just arm the Taliban? And this is part of why it's so absurd that people are freaking out about China. They're like, oh no, China's going back to their old communist ways. It's like, if you're worried about them like taking over, this is the best news you could possibly hope for. Like, <laughs> That's they, a fair point. They're like, we're not communist enough. We've got to shoot a hole in our own boat and to just sink our own economy. And which economy is pouring massive amounts of money into China? The United States. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up about Bitcoin. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, where your calls and thoughts are welcome. 603-283-6160, if you want to weigh in. That's 603-283-6160. We do in the studio tonight. It's Aria. And Peakless Mountaineer. And you reminded me that I had mentioned parking tickets earlier and how that ties into defunding the state. Well, here in Keene, uh, a lot of the parking spaces, there there are some places where you can find pre free parking but generally you're going to pay for parking is something really minor i don't know the exact amount but like a dollar fifty for two hours or something like that but you know that adds up into being a significant amount of money with all of these law-abiding citizens putting money into those meters and people coming by and collecting them but if you don't pay those things and you get a ticket the fine used to be five dollars for the ticket Mm. Right, which which is negligible. They since increased that to ten dollars. But I'm going to tell you why the just saying no to this nonsense. If enough people did it, it would completely cripple it. If you say no, I'm not paying this ticket. I'm requesting a trial. I don't know how much it costs the city of Keene to have a parking ticket trial, but I promise you, it, it's be, more than ten dollars. Yes, between the bailiffs and the judges and the clerks and all of the people who have to be there for that extra ten or fifteen minutes while they give you your stupid trial that they're probably going to find you guilty on anyway, significantly more than ten dollars that they would get from that parking ticket. So even if they find you guilty and you have to pay that ten dollars, you cost them so much more than ten dollars. Well, and and that's uh, that is one of those levels where we get the government that we demand. Yeah, and if more people did that, if more people just demanded a trial and just, yeah, you're going to waste a day doing this, but go ahead and waste a day. If you want parking tickets to go away, waste be be committed to wasting a day to do this. Don't pay the fine. Requ- well, when I say that, I mean request a court date, request a trial, and 
they can't they they can't sustain that mm-hmm. having to pay a hundred dollars for every single parking ticket trial that comes through. If there's ten trials that they make a hundred dollars, but it costs them a thousand dollars to do that. If that happens day after day after day. They just stop right. They have one of two options. They can increase the parking ticket fine to one hundred dollars for a fine, which would make people the the normal law abiding citizen just absolutely revolt. If they went to pay their parking ticket in City Hall, here's your ten dollars, and go. Oh no, it's increased to a hundred dollars now. That normal average citizen would also then be requesting a trial. It it would not be able to sustain itself if more people just said no. Mm-hmm. But most people just drop by and like, yeah, here's your ten dollars, whatever. Thanks, I'll be on my way now. Yeah, if- this is a big part of what has led to the state being the size that it is. Is that people do not demand that they actually go to trial when these when these laws that don't harm anyone that that are absolutely ridiculous are broken so the so the state has gotten used to well no one demands a trial anyway so i can just nitpick further and further and further and they're incentivized to do this because it's just more money in their pocket with the same amount of work that's essentially why i mean here in Keene, I, I have gotten parking tickets recently, relatively recently, but it was on my Ford. If I was in my Eclipse, I would not have gotten that ticket because they know me and they mm. know I'm going to come in and request a trial and it's just going to waste a bunch of their time and it's not going to be beneficial to any party and I'm going to walk away having paid $10 but costing them a lot of money in the process. Mm-hmm. But let's go to the phones and that's beneficial for us, for the Keene Libertarians, but we shouldn't be so... Re- then we- it shouldn't be where, oh, I see that Bitcoin.com sticker and that LRN.FM sticker. I'm just going to keep walking, pretend like I don't see it. That doesn't benefit the average person. We need the average person to be out there doing this as well. We, we need 50 or 100 people every single week in there demanding, demanding trials for parking tickets. And Parking tickets and parking meters will go away very, very quickly. Well, and, and it goes all the way with all of the superfluous things. Like, we do not need speeding tickets. That isn't helping society. No. But let's go to the phones. We have David calling from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, over the years, uh, I've given you uh, reports of about, close, literally, I counted them up, about uh, coming up on two dozen different New Mexico government officials that have been uh, convicted of committing uh, or adjudicated to have committed crimes, uh, especially uh, embezzlement, for instance. Sorry. Uh, Yeah, she's one of them. Well, actually, Monica Zamora uh, hasn't been convicted of anything. She's just been civilly uh, sanctioned uh, in the form of a reversal uh, by the New Mexico Court of Appeals, where the New Mexico Court of Appeals uh, three-judge panel unanimously said that uh, lower court judge at the time, M. Monica Zamora, had violated the law and they reversed the trafficking, the illegally trafficking of my children committed by M. Monica Zamora. They reversed that and vacated her decision. Um, and and uh, this ties into that, uh, ironically, that you ask. Uh, in the, that's the, in that's the, trial, the one name you've said often enough that I've memorized is all. <laughs> Yes, and the other one is John J. Romero Jr. And in the the trial where I was before M. Monica Zamora and she decided against me illegally and I took her to the Court of Appeals and uh, beat her, my three big judges, to her zero judges, uh, uh, in that uh, trial, uh, uh, I happened to have discovered where another uh, uh, tens of thousands uh, uh, estimated 
taxpayer dollars in the state of New Mexico are being uh, embezzled or illegally uh, used. And I was going to point out there's a current, there's another sheriff here uh, reading uh, KRQE.com, former New Mexico uh, sheriff under investigation for embezzlement. Uh, So this is just one more. But it's notable in this article that uh, Hector Balderas, hi Hector, the Attorney General of the state of New Mexico, and Brian Colon, hi Brian, the state auditor in the state of New Mexico, are both investigating this embezzlement. And that's notable because I have uh, spoken to Brian Colon personally on several occasions and took the time to file formal report uh, as per their uh, reporting uh, to the state auditor, I filed their formal report on this embezzlement, and and Brian Colon, the state auditor in New Mexico, didn't seem to be interested in the embezzlement. That I can I can literally prove it. I have all the evidence necessary to pr- uh, prove this embezzlement. So Brian, if you're since you're interested in be- in embezzlement, as uh, cited here at KRQE.com, former. New Mexico sheriff under investigation for embezzlement. Since you're interested in that embezzlement, David, of, uh, I sincerely what be... doubt that this guy is listening to Free Talk Live. Oh, I, gonna... I guarantee, I guarantee you that that he will hear about this within 48 hours. As will Hector Balderas, the AG, because whom I also Arizona, filed uh, network. Whom, yeah, yes, and uh, Hector, I also filed, uh, uh, reported to the attorney general's office about these things, too. So since you're interested in this embezzlement, you should also be interested in the embezzlement, which I can prove, Hector Balderas and Brian Colon in the state of New Mexico. There you go. Well, thank you so much for the call tonight, David. A lot of names there that I don't care at all about. But I mean, but you get some fair warning fight. if you're if you're in Arizona, if you run into these people or sorry. Oh, that's right. New Mexico. But you are out there fighting the fight that you care about, David. And I do commend that. So good on you for that. Uh, obviously, I mean, he's not wrong. New Mexico is clearly filled with corruption and investment oh, yeah. and stuff. So I, I wouldn't want to stay there if it was me. I'd rather go to New Hampshire or somewhere that's at least marginally less corrupt. Same here. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in. When we get back, we're going to talk about Bitcoin and the New York City mayor who is being paid in it. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Your calls and thoughts are welcome. 603-283-6160 if you would like to weigh in. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Peakless Mountaineer. And we do have a story coming up about the new New York City Mayor, Eric Adams, who's evidently very crypto-friendly. I think he said during his campaign that he wanted to make... New York City, I mean, basically, he wants it to be like Keene. He probably doesn't even know about Keene, how, about the existence of Keene, because that that kind of cryptocurrency person, they don't care about the ideas of cryptocurrency and the utilities of cryptocurrency and what it could do to defund the state. They care about, ooh, money go up, me richer type of stuff. And that's my feeling from Eric Adams based on some of the stuff he said and based on just his political positions. He's not 
a libertarian. He's not coming at Bitcoin from a libertarian perspective. He's coming at it from a I want to make money perspective. And I guess that's okay because it does bring in more people, but it doesn't make me respect the guy. But before we go into him and his taking payments in Bitcoin, we have Jack on the line from Ocean Shores. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, um, I apologize. Uh, first, with the letter, what was his name? The original Bitcoin person? Uh, Satoshi, the Nak- Satoshi Nakamoto. Is there any more origin story to that? I'm just curious. <laughs> So is the rest it's of the world, man. It's incredibly mysterious. <laughs> uh, so this could, person... Could it have been of a government that did it? it I don't think so. People have, yeah, it have been? People have floated that conspiracy. Is it's it extremely unlikely. Technically. It is technically possible. However, if so, then this is the government's own suicide. So Satoshi Nakamoto, for those who aren't aware, was the person who created the white po- the white paper from which Bitcoin was created. I think he also created the, obviously created the first Bitcoin mining program. He was the creator or they, or she, or them, it, or we don't know because we don't know anything about Satoshi Nakamoto, but they were the creator of Bitcoin, like the, the actual literal creator. And in the early days of Bitcoin, I think it was bitcointalk.org or something like that. I don't remember the exact website, but Satoshi Nakamoto, there was a way to subscribe to his newsletters and, Every so often, you'd receive a newsletter from Satoshi Nakamoto, and it would be generally there were some of them that were all about you know destroying the current financial institutions because they were evil and they were corrupt and they were doing horrific things to people. And, and then he Satoshi just, well, and, 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 he just disappeared. I'm sorry. He just disappeared off the face of the earth. Yes. That's so interesting. And then suddenly, nothing from yep. Satoshi Nakamoto. Weird. And uh, since you asked if it's uh, if it could be the government. So here's the thing. The government is doing their own version of this anyway. It's called a CBDC, uh, Central Bank Digital Currency, which is in many ways like cryptocurrency, except that it's state run. It's coercive. It's violent. It's centralized. And it won't be cryptographic. Yeah, it's not cryptographic. It doesn't actually make use of the the breakthrough in technology that cryptocurrency is. Yeah. So in other words, these central banks could have created these digital currencies without bitcoin ever existing and and that's the kind of product they want the kind of product where they're in control of it they get to decide who uses it and when it's completely centralized and authoritarian that's the that's what they want yeah it is sadly uh thank you so much for the call tonight jack so new york city mayor eric adams even in the midst of a crypto slump they write isn't backing out of his plans to take his first three paychecks in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Well, and and just real quick, that, that makes it a better idea. So, I mean, if your plan was to get paid in, in Ethereum and, and Bitcoin and, oh, no, now the price is suddenly lower. I mean, you're going to get paid the same amount of dollars, which is now a greater number of Bitcoins and Ethereum. If so, you believe that Bitcoin and Ethereum are going to increase in value again. Well, well, I mean, okay, sure. Whether that's a good idea depends on if you think it'll increase in value. But it is either way a greater number at this point. So, and it is. And if you look at their track record, they they go down and then they go back up higher than they were. Is the the standard method so far? I don't remember when Bitcoin hit its peak of sixty eight thousand dollars, but it was at sixty two thousand dollars not terribly long ago. So now, if it's at thirty six thousand dollars again, it means that. Instead of buying 0.01 Bitcoin, 
you can use that same amount of money to buy 0.02 Bitcoin. And you may think, oh, well, so those people who had Bitcoin, they lost all this money. Yes, potentially, but I'll point you back to that Twitter account and the 500% increase that people would have had if they had used their stimulus checks from the government to buy cryptocurrency, to buy Bitcoin instead of televisions or whatever. Yeah, and it is worth pointing out what this is good for, because I, I got into an argument with someone, and they're like, well, you know, if you have this this money for your expenses, and it's suddenly worth, you know, half as much, that's going to be a problem. It's like, okay, yeah, it is not good for an emergency, uh, an emergency expense account. What sure. it is good for is a long-term savings plan, because even the people who's like, oh, but it's so volatile, okay, but... If, for example, you had bought in when it was $17,000, which was an absolute peak that it immediately crashed from, and you'd held on to it, even now when it is, when it is in a slump, it would still be worth like twice as much. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I think Bitcoin fell to below $5,000 after mm-hmm. hitting 17000 It took a really, really long time for it to recover mm-hmm. and start its trajectory back upward. But it did, and it reached a new peak of, I think, 61000 or something like that. And then more recently, 68000 I don't know what Bitcoin is going to do next, but I do know. Well, I don't know this, but I believe in the long run that whatever Bitcoin is at now, eventually it's going to be... 10 times that, and eventually it's going to be 100 times that, because there are only 21 million Bitcoins that are ever going to exist. And it's also worth pointing out that since this space, I mean, when people were just getting into it, sure, it was it made you a ton of money to just buy some Bitcoin and hold on to it. Yeah. But now that this space has been established, I mean, they there are a bunch of exchanges and a lot of people aren't just on the level of I can acquire this, but they're able to trade it. So anyone who was like, huh, this looks like it's crashing, I'm, but I'm on an exchange where I can borrow some and they borrowed some Bitcoin. Well, now that it crashed, it's going to be a lot easier for them to pay back that Bitcoin that they borrowed and they can still make money off of it. So, I I mean, it is continuously rewarding the people who are getting into it. Absolutely. And minor correction here because they go on. Adams officially received his first paycheck yesterday, which was converted to Bitcoin and Ethereum through cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase. So he did not receive his paychecks in Bitcoin and Ethereum. He used his paycheck to buy Bitcoin and Ethereum from Coinbase. There's an enormous difference between the two. And no one ever called in to remind me what the name of that website was. But these websites do exist where you can send your check directly off to someone and they will immediately convert it into cryptocurrency and send you your paycheck in that cryptocurrency. You can do it for as little as 1% of your check or up to 100% if you wanted. According to the New York Post, the New York City mayor receives bi-weekly checks of about $5,900, amounting to a salary of more than $250,000 a year. I did not realize the New York City mayor made so much money. Oh, yeah. Well, and given that, and as always with politics, that is what it appears that they're making. The fact of the matter is that they are doing favors for people who are going to repay those favors in the future. When he's done being mayor of New York, he's going to be paid for speaking exorbitant amounts of money. Not to mention, he probably gets a meal stipend, a gas stipend, all of that sort of stuff. And not to mention all the people who are like, hey, 
let me let me buy you dinner tonight and talk to you about this bill proposal I have or something like that. So yeah. And the possibility of a book deal and all of that. Adams did not reveal how much of his check is split between Bitcoin and Ethereum. But if the crypto market continues to trend downwards, the funds from Adam's first check may quickly evaporate. Please. (laughs) It's not going down to zero. Take a relax. All right, guys. 603-283-6160. If you want to weigh in on this, or if you remember the name of that website that allows you to send your paycheck through direct deposit directly to a crypto exchange, give us a call. It is Free Talk Live, where we love Bitcoin. We talk about it quite a lot because it's the most powerful tool that we've ever seen to defund the state in the war and to establish liberty in our lifetimes. And that's, that's, that means something to us here on Free Talk Live. And with you tonight, it's Aria. And Big Liz Mountaineer. Talking here about Mayor Adams, who is the mayor of New York City, the new mayor of New York City. You may think, oh, well, this guy sounds pretty good because he's, he's into Bitcoin. No, no, he's your he's your same old politician. He's, he promised to do whatever health experts recommended he should do about COVID-19. So th- it's just is, another example of a stopped clock being right twice a day. Yeah, the, he's not going to come in here and shake things up or anything like that. And he's not going to undo New York City's massive apparatus regulation apparatus that prevents people from using cryptocurrency in new york city but he did announce that he would take his first three paychecks in bitcoin last november and again i hate that phrasing because he's not taking his paychecks in bitcoin he's using his paychecks to buy bitcoin and there are methods in place see when i hear this i think okay well this new york city must have bitcoin well the the uh imaginary entity that is new york city it, it doesn't own any bitcoin to pay him in you bitcoin. don't think so the uh, federal no. the federal government has cryptocurrency I'm, I'm sure the state of new hampshire has some bitcoin wait the federal government itself owns bitcoin that i find difficult to believe now they to have say, bitcoin to okay, say that they, they have senators ah uh, there is that oh you mean the the bitcoin that they've gotten from say stealing it from the people that they kidnap well that's how they steal that's how they acquire all of their money is ultimately by stealing it that's so. a fair point uh but i don't think the city of new york has uh has uh, and I could be off on this. I don't I know could if they be have wrong. or not. Maybe the city of New York has, you know, raided people and found a way to uh, steal their their Bitcoin because they had the the private key written down somewhere. They- or by contrast, he orders the New York City Treasury. I don't know. I don't know how that works. He orders the New York City to open a cryptocurrency exchange and say, "Hey." You have to pay me, and this is the only form of money I'm going to take. So you're going to have to buy Bitcoin and send that Bitcoin to me. Well, I'm glad he didn't do it that way, actually. Why? Because if he'd done that, then New York City would already have its own Bitcoin wallet. And when Bitcoin or whatever replaces the U.S. dollar, it would be ready to make that transition more smoothly. And frankly, I want the most authoritarian governments to have the biggest problem moving from authoritarian models to libertarian models. That's fair. But I still am going to take issue with the phrasing that he's taking his paychecks in Bitcoin. But the move came out of a Twitter exchange between Adams and Miami Mayor Francis Suarez, who said he would receive his next paycheck in Bitcoin. 
Adams wanted to take things a bit further, though, electing to get not one, but three paychecks in digital currency. I've also noticed this this growing trend of using digital currency and virtual currency in place of cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. as though these things are just completely equivalent. And oh, that's that's entirely intentional. I mean, oh, absolutely. The, the purpose of this, they want people to believe that cryptocurrency is the same as Bitcoin, is the same as digital currency. I and, don't think they do because it, it, is there a long game here that the central bank's digital currency, the average, the normal normies out there just go, oh, it's just like it's just like Bitcoin. It's Bitcoin. Exactly, and it's not even a long game because uh, the Federal Reserve just released a statement saying that we are looking into uh, into like what it takes to make a, a central bank digital currency, and they've actually said, hey, if you want to weigh in on this, here's where to send us, you know, your thoughts or questions or concerns or information. Uh, but they're no, like, thank yes, you, we're... Federal Reserve. I have my own paper shredder. Right. Uh, but they're like, yep, we are definitely going to make a central bank digital currency soon. So, uh, yeah, right now they they have a vested interest in people believing that all digital currency is the same as Bitcoin is the same as cryptocurrency. Mayor Adams is but one of a number of high-profile figures to take their paychecks in cryptocurrency. NFL players, including Aaron Rodgers, Odell Beckham Jr., and Tom Brady, have also chosen to convert a portion, if not their entire salaries, into cryptocurrency. And the one that I didn't know had done that was Tom Brady, which is surprising, considering I live in New Hampshire, where people, despite he him having left New England, the, the football team, to go somewhere else, they still love him. They still love the football team here, but they still love him as well. So I, I would have expected that all, of all the... New Englanders I know who are into Bitcoin, one of them are like, hey, did you know Tom Brady is also into Bitcoin? And this well, led me to an article. Go ahead. I, I think it's one of those, if General Patton moves to China, they're still going to worship him. Yes, fair so, point. Because, I mean, the, to a large extent, sports are uh, a stand-in for war. And so this is the the great warrior who has represented them in the past. So even when he leaves New England... They still go, yeah, you're the one that fought for us. And he did for a very long... Isn't dude like in his 40s by now? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know what the status is because I don't pay attention to it, but the last I heard from a friend of mine who does pay attention to it, he might go to an, yet another Super Bowl, which would be like eight, I think, maybe nine. I don't know. He, he has had a very long and distinguished career. At, uh, at some point, kind, kind of reminds me of John Elway, uh, who had also a very long and distinguished career. But nowhere near as many uh, records, man. That's what's um, so bizarre about this guy. I'm, I'm actually not sure on that one. But uh, I, I, I know there was a lot of ranting and raving about it, but I, I've never been a sports fan, so yeah, I don't know any of this stuff. I haven't either, but I do know the name Tom Brady, and I... Looking into this, I came across this article where he traded a Bitcoin to a fan for his 600th touchdown football. And I am very glad to see a good or service being denominated in price in Bitcoin. <laughs> so, How much does this cost? Not $35,000, not $45,000, one Bitcoin. We're, this, this market doesn't come to us from like ESPN or anything like that, so you don't have to worry about it. It does go into some stats here, but at a glance, it looks like they're telling you about Patriots stats or Tampa Bay Buccaneers, apparently, stats, but they're actually not. 
Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady is giving a fan one Bitcoin in exchange for his 600th career touchdown football. He threw the record-setting touchdown last Sunday. No NFL player had ever thrown 600 touchdowns, apparently. But Mike Evans, the wide receiver who caught it, had not realized the ball was a record-setting one and gave the ball to a fan in the stands. Wow. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> so, so to me, one one of the the big things that that this really illustrates, especially with the the New York mayor. So, a, a lot of people are like, "We won't get our freedom until we fight for it." And when they say fight, they mean like literally cause people harm in order to get their liberty. And it's like, no, no, no. Even the authoritarians recognize value when it's value. So, if you want to, if you want to get the police to act in a non aggressive manner. Here's what you do. You get rich with things like uh, cryptocurrency and precious metals and whatever other thing you can do to be smart, go around the standard way, innovate a new way of doing things and get rich. And then you pay them as security guards because they know what value is and you just have to operate on that. So after the team realized the importance of the ball, the TV broadcast caught Buccaneers officials negotiating with the fan to get the ball back. Brady addressed the situation during uh, in a during something saying, I got the ball back. There was a lot of negotiation in order to get the ball back. And it turns out that it was Byron Kennedy, the fan who got the ball. He's going to receive two Brady signed jerseys, or he did receive two signed jerseys, a signed helmet, a signed Evans jersey, jersey plus his cleats, a $1,000 store credit, season tickets for two years, and a Bitcoin. And that, that's the only part of this that I'm interested in because I, I don't care about football, but if I found myself at a football game and I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers there, they're like, hey, okay, we'll give you a Bitcoin. All right. Well, I can't take a Bitcoin right now, but wah, in this wah. hypothetical world where for some reason I'm at a football game, I'm also not facing federal charges that prohibit me from using Bitcoin. I'm like, all right, sold. Yeah, you can have this ball. You want to pay me a Bitcoin for this ball? I'll absolutely do it. So that's cool. And I didn't know that he was one of the people interested in cryptocurrency. And before we head out tonight, I, I want to say I am extremely grateful to the the people that gathered in D.C. Because as far as I can tell, there wasn't any violence or anything like that. Because it is incredibly important that we maintain and continue our peaceful nature when we're doing these, uh, when we're standing up for our rights, when we're doing rallies. We have to... We have to be the good guys. We have to be the ones who are doing things peacefully. That's why we're standing against tyranny is because they don't do things peacefully. Yeah, and they're looking for a reason to demonize us. Absolutely. And so so never give them that reason. Be as peaceful as you can. But can't just lay down for the forever. Be peaceful about saying no, exactly. I suppose. We're out of time for tonight, but you can join us in the meantime on our chat server. It's deep. It's federated, so you don't have to you know, worry about censorship from Discord. You can find it at chat.freetalklive.com.